Cannabis Corner on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, broadcasting live from downtown New Haven. We're streaming live on TuneIn Radio and NewHavenIndependent.org. We're also streaming live video on Facebook. Just go to Facebook.com slash New Haven Independent or go to your Facebook page and look us up. Or you can hit see first to hear and see all the great programs that we have here on WNHHLP. Okay, it is Monday, September the 18th, 2023. I am your host, Joe LaChance. Welcome to Cannabis Corner. Um, I'm alone today. Uncle Lou is going to be running a little late, but that's okay. Um, Wanted to just check in on everybody, see how everyone's doing, but there are... Events that I wanted to highlight that are coming up. Uh, the first one we're going to be talking about today, actually, uh, with Brian Ascenter, is the Cannabis Science Conference. Uh, and that is coming up on Wednesday, September 20th to the 22nd. That is in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, and it's going to be the Cannabis, it's a, the premier science event. So it's a science event. Uh, it's going to have a lot of uh, various um, speakers, people from Connecticut, people from the industry who work in the more uh, scientific aspects of it. I think it would be a great way to learn about it. And we're going to hear a lot more about it from Brian uh, when he comes on. But I can tell you some of the speakers, uh, Susan Audino. Uh, there's just a lot. Dustin Sulak, who's well known. A lot of good speakers coming up to the Cannabis Science Conference. Uh, and then we also have on October 5th at the Mashantucket Pequot Museum, we have a Women in Cannabis Conference. Uh, and that is October 5th at 4 p.m. So it's a one-of-a-kind networking event bringing together women in cannabis to honor trailblazers and to learn about personal brand development. And I'll put a link up to that. I'll put a link up to both events on all our social media. But uh, those are a couple of great events that uh, are coming up. But right now I see that our first guest has joined us today. And this uh, with us on the line, on the air, is Palmer Willard. Palmer Willard is the owner of Grateful Paws and People, CBD. And the idea for Grateful Paws was born from the thought that our pets are our family. 
As our pets age, their bodies change at a faster rate than our own. We know that, right? They slow down and appear to be comfortable by napping and are not as active as they once were. Buddy Buttons was our first product made specifically for our senior dog, Franklin. Franklin had prior CCL, ACL, and human issues from a, and a torn meniscus. While Frankie healed from these injuries without surgery, we thought he was just a restful dog in his senior years. Fast forward to him starting on a CBD regimen, Frankie was more active and he had a spring in his step that we hadn't seen in years. His coat was shiny, his eyes were brighter, and he was more interested in playing with his sister, Moxie. In keeping, with, in keeping all pets' health and wellness as our number one priority, our products are of limited, all-natural, quality, human-grade ingredients. There are no pesticides, chemicals, or ingredients from foreign countries. Our CBD products have been tested to ensure no presence of THC, and we use all our products and stand by everyone. Palmer, how are you today? You need to unmute. I need you to unmute. Okay, how's that, Joe? Very good, Palmer. How are you today? It's I'm nice great. To how, about, you. how about you this afternoon? Good, good. I love your backdrop there, the flower yeah, of thank light. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yes. Beautiful sacred geometry we got going on. Yes. Um, so, Palmer, I wanted to have you guys on. Mm -hmm. It was so nice to see you when I was in Connecticut at the Oyster Fest. Yeah. And it just reminded me of the old days. Way back in the beginning when we all were getting started uh, in the CBD business, you were one of the first people I met at some of the events. And these were some of the smaller events before um, events even got real big, you know, um, uh, private events that we had up at Jeff's place. We had a couple at Bushnell Park. But you were always there. You were one of the first vendors there. You were one of the first people in Connecticut to really embrace the CBD culture. Uh, and I wanted to have you on because it was such a pleasure to see that you're still going. Oh, thank you. You know, and still doing your thing and doing well. So um, tell us a little bit about so having issues with your dog. Uh, you gave him CBD, right? And how yeah. did you hear about CBD was a good thing for dogs? What well, made you think of it? What I did is actually I was a dog groomer. and. Okay. And I saw a lot of dogs getting really heavy-duty drugs to come to the groomers. It's the same drugs that they would give people, the Prozacs, the anti-anxiety. And these dogs would be pretty much drugged out for the whole day, walking into walls, not knowing where they would, with increasing anxiety. So I literally started looking into if there was alternatives just as a research facility, as research to see what was the alternative to this. And at the time, unfortunately, my dog, Franklin, tore his ACL and then the CCL in the other leg. So we, uh, by doing the research and seeing what could keep dogs calm from grooming, kind of led one into the other, what we could keep him calm while he healed. 
Right. And we, our vet, we had a very good veterinarian at the time. And he was saying Frankie Lane was not a candidate for surgery. He was 10 and a half years old. So we actually uh, got into the CBD, started working with Jeff Wenzel. And, Jeff Wenzel, uh, U.S. Hemp yeah. Care, a little plug there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, well, he actually got us uh, started with giving our dogs and, you know, a l- little bit of learning on the CBD. And we found that it kept him calm for about the three months that he had to heal. Then he healed himself. After that, we kind of kept him on a daily regimen to keep his the arthritic problems away. And of course, the reoccurring problems with the breed. He was a, a pit bull boxer mix, which they have problems with their hips anyways and right, just right. Kind of and that was he's at 10 and a half years old that's when he blew out his legs well unfortunately he just passed away last year but he was 16 and a half years old and i really think that the cbd gave him an extra six years of life i believe it and now we see that when we first started we were doing exclusively animals and all of our customers that were animal customers said we want to feel like our animals can you do something for us <laughs> so that's when we lodged grateful paws and people we started do- doing some research we got licensed by the state of connecticut as a manufacturer and we started producing both products for animals and pets and it's been you know i can't say it's been all easy <laughs> it's been no. a little bit of an uphill battle but we see the results and that's what keeps us going we get, get a lot of testimonies from people, and that's all makes it worth it. Mm-hmm. Right, right, exactly. No, I agree with you. That was what always uh, was what I liked about doing the medical marijuana recommendations mm-hmm. is that people would come back and tell you how good they felt and how great it worked, and that's what keeps you going, even though the money may not be that great. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So you started out with pet products. Yes. Um. And were you selling them at your salon where you do the grooming? No, no, I no, I was not. I was just introducing them. And then what I was doing is I was going to different events, Canna events and different uh, CBD, uh, what I'd say conventions or so, and kind of introducing the product, see if there was a need for it. And at that time, I decided actually to give up grooming and try to do this full time full time right yeah right. and it's been you know it's been successful i've gotten uh quite a few wholesale customers and you know we've uh have established shipping all over the country so it seems to have started you know like i said it's a slow process but it seems to be going uphill instead of downhill lately <laughs> Yeah, well, and I think especially in your niche, you know, the entrepreneur in me always, you know, is thinking, you know, and I'm like, wow, these veterinarians are obviously the prescription comes from the vet. Exactly. Are prescribing Vicodin or whatever they're giving to a dog. Mm -hmm. God knows who, how that affects their system. Um, And maybe if they were made aware, and I'm sure a lot of them are. Uh, and of course, we I don't want to get into anything else, but of mm-hmm. course, we know they make a little extra money when they prescribe something from Big Pharma. But I got to think that even a, a kind hearted a, a veterinarian with a heart would know that oh, CBD has been proven to work with the endocannabinoid system of the dog as well as humans. Yeah. Maybe I should start 
offering this instead of Vicodin or whatever they give the dogs. You know, yeah, I don't I think... know, but I've just, you know, you just educated me and shocked me <laughs> in a little bit of a way that it's some owners find it so stressful to take their dog to the groomer or take their dog to the vet that they actually give them human drugs. Yeah, and they're hard narcotics, sir. I have a lot of customers that dogs have were on Prozac, and they have gotten off Prozac because of CBD. To to me, that's not being a dog, not letting them them be themselves, being an animal. (laughs) Why would you put a dog, I mean, um, Prozac on a regular basis, like a human would take it in the morning? Yes. Oh, and my God. It, well, it's I, very common. It's yeah. very common. Very common. Oh, you're blowing my mind today. Yeah. You know, I always thought veterinarians were like one of the more humanian, humanitarian um, parts of the medical industry. Most, a lot of their income comes from the pharmaceuticals they sell. And, you know, it's <sighs> and they also have a um, association, the American Veterinary Association, that is. Pretty much the last convention they had, they told their veterinarians, don't say yes, don't say no to CBD. And it's kind of very confusing to the animal owners. And, you know, they say, don't endorse it, don't trash it. (laughs) Yeah, man, I got to tell you, uh, that's something that definitely I'm I'm glad you exposed that on the air today. I think it's important Mm -hmm. uh, that the people know, you know, don't give your dog. Prozac or whatever. I mean, how do you even know if the dog's depressed? No, you know? exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of it's for seizures. I mean, CBD was born for helping seizures. seizures and right. I have customers that you know were testimonial say that they've administered CBD, and that twelve seconds later the dog has stopped having the seizure. Yeah. Other than that, the heavy duty medicines, the phenobarbital, is something that they give the dogs for seizures goes through the liver and you know it would really it's not gonna it's help the quality of life it's gonna shorten the quality of life yeah and it's amazing how people like they pamper their dogs and they take care of them like almost like their children mm-hmm. but yet they'll do that yeah them, exactly you know? and then the other misnomer that's out there is there's a lot of what they call hemp calming treats and oh, they tell that them. a lot of that is in the major stores like the Agways, the uh, Petco, uh, Petco, stuff like I've that. Seen them in all, there. All that is is hemp seed oil, which will do nothing but lubricate your wallet. <laughs> you know? Probably lubricate their digestive yeah. system. And so if you look at the ingredients, most of them have chamomile or other ingredients that have nothing to do with CBD or hemp. Right. Yeah. right. Well, that's. I think people need to understand that. That's one thing. When you see CBD in a big store, mm-hmm. such as, like you say, Petco or or any one of those pet places, or even human CBD in Walmart yes. or CBS, you can pretty much count that it's just hemp seed oil and it's not very effective. Yeah. Um, they don't want to push the real stuff yeah. out there in a mainstream way. Yes. You know, like I, I, yeah, I always try to educate my customers or even if they said, even if you don't purchase from me, if you're interested in CBD, make sure it says CBD and make sure the product has a lab test, an independent lab test. Right. Don't take the person's word for it or if they say it's available because you could do more harm than you could good. Would you right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and if you're going to take care of your pets like your children, you got to be as careful with their medicine. 
mm-hmm. as well. You know, and I know you have pet treats, you yes. have drops for the pets, yes. but you know, obviously, like you said, people started coming to you and looking for human things. Mm-hmm. And, Correct. And you make a good point in your bio right up there. You use human grade products for your CBD, exactly including your them. pet. And mm-hmm. I think people need to know that there is a pet grade CBD that is out there, which is not processed as much. Exactly. It's a, usually a full spectrum or a broad spectrum oil, which has more plant matter and unfortunately THC in it, which for people, it could be acceptable, but animals, it's they don't know what's going on. It'll create more anxiety and more problems. So that's why we only use what's called CBD isolate, which is the purest form of CBD. Human grade for CBD. Right. And Uncle Lou just joined us. How are you, Uncle Lou? Um, Super excited. Sorry about that. I was a little late today, guys. I I couldn't miss today's show. I'm really excited about our guest. So please continue on. I'm excited to hear about this. Okay, so since you're using isolate, and uh, from what I remember, from the start, your products have always been completely THC-free. Yes. Because you started with pet products. With the pet products, yes. And I didn't didn't want to interfere with anything. And, hey, I wanted to create, uh, correct the problem, not create a problem. (laughs) Right. So you were kind of ahead of this whole new law. Yes. And this whole new thing that's going on with, you know, zero THC. Yes. Mm -hmm. In any CBD products that are not sold in dispensaries, you're way ahead of the game. You don't have to reformulate. No, I do not. You're good. You're already using an isolate Mm -hmm. and uh, you're finding it pretty much just as effective, correct? Since you've been using it since the beginning. Yeah. Actually, the isolate lately has been so pure that my last uh, test results of the last batch of isolates was 99.70% pure. And I have been in the business using isolate for almost six years, and that's the purest I have found. So like I said, they're really starting to step up their game. And I find when isolate, when it's uh, directed towards a specific area, works a lot better than even, you know, with terpenes and specific, uh, you know, compounds that the isolate will really concentrate right on the uh, cannabinoid receptors. Uh, yeah, well, because it's isolated. It's only yes, exactly. CBD. The exactly. body doesn't need to to sort through any other stuff, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, if you yeah. know what I mean, right? Correct. It's like, oh, it's just CBD in, in some oil, yes. you know? <laughs> so and that's what we do. Right like, to the receptors, right? It for doesn't instance, have to be diverted. <laughs> our oils that we do, our tinctures, have two ingredients. We use an MCT oil as a carrier right. oil and CBD. That's it. That's it. No flavors, no nothing. So that's why we say for pets and yourself, for the two-legged animals and the four-legged animals. Because and you have it in are... different strengths, right? Yes, I do. I, yeah, we, we go up to um, 1,000 milligrams on the strength. We find that um, some companies will do 3,000, 4,000, and you really, I don't think, need that from our research. I think your body flushes what it doesn't need out of its system, and it's... You know, it just gets to be a cost-effective thing. Find find the dosage that works, and you know, it's pretty yeah. good to stick with. 
I tend to agree with you. You can overdose. I don't want to say overdose no, in no, it's of a overdosing, kind of but thing, you yeah. can give yourself a bigger dose than you really need. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and and why waste it? Like you said, the receptors are only going to pick yeah. up. I mean, it's not going to do you any harm, but it's yeah, it gets to be a cost effective thing. CBD is you know still fairly expensive, so you know you why unfortunately why waste your money. That you don't need, you know, find what needs and which is kind of the tricky thing to kind of find what is, you know, the, the magic, what we call the magical spot that works for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the whole thing, you know, and the more and more we learn about it, people, you know, the researchers out there don't, that can almost tell you like what the, the proper dose is mm -hmm. Correct. these yeah. days, you know. Well, I'm, you know, I'm very happy uh, that you now, where do you get most of your sales from? Are you in stores? Or no, do I'm, you do I, a lot I, of the yes, I am in stores, stuff? but um, I have what's called, uh, I'm a manufacturing facility. I have what I call my factory. I do not sell out of there. I just manufacture. What I do is I do have an online presence. It's at gratefulpausecbd.com. And then we also do a lot of events. We do a lot of events because we like to go out and educate people, talk to people and tell them, you know, what to look for, what to look out for. So we find that going out and meeting the people instead of having a storefront where people you know, are waiting to walk in. There's been a lot of the last few years has been a lot of what we call um, snake oil salesmen out there that yes. give kind of the CBD a bad name. So we kind of go out there and try to correct that a little bit and tell people what we're all about, the regulations, what kind of works for people, what what to look out for. Like I said, if you don't see a lab test, walk away. Yeah. And so we yeah. and you have your do, lab tests right there. I can exactly. Yeah. And we we tend to do you know events like we said, the Milford Oyster Festival and we do different music festivals and uh, we're from bristol we live in bristol so this weekend we're at the bristol mum festival so we we do a lot of different festivals like that see and that's important that you're out into the mainstream festivals you're not just working canna events oh no no not at all you know we do canna events too but we like to especially do animal events some you know pet events i do a um a fun event on wednesday afternoons it's called a puppy hour and it's down in downtown Hartford on Pratt Street. They the streets all closed down. Everybody brings their dogs down, and it's a big social scene with their dogs. And we have a few vendors here there, and uh, it's very interesting. It's a very fun event. Wow! Whoever yeah. would have thought of that, right? In down, right in downtown hour. Hartford. <laughs> yep. And Puppy you, happy hour. Puppy <laughs> happy hour. See, this yeah. is is great. See, it's you're from five, five to yeah. seven every other Wednesday. So it's this Wednesday, and then every other Wednesday from five to seven. And you bring your dog that. down there. It's not just puppies, right? It's full no, no, dogs. no. Everybody brings their dog. It's a great turnout. They, a lot of the restaurants and the uh, pubs, there's seating outside, so everybody just it's a big congregation. It's, it's it is what it says. It's a it's a they call it puppy happy hour, but it's like the owners and their dogs all socialize and it's, it's really nice. That's yeah. a great thing to hear. You know, Pratt yeah. Street, that Hartford area does a lot of really cool events there, Joe. Yeah. And um, you know, it's really nice to see the companies like yours making it out there. And that's just to piggyback off of Joe what Joe was saying. You guys get out into the mainstream, and that's yeah. really big. A lot of times you'll see you guys are probably a very niche market in a lot of those spaces. It's not a ton, you're not in an oversaturated market realistically. 
and you're in, you're interacting with people that may not be at some of those other events. So you're spreading the message far and wide. No, exactly. That's what you know. That's what our goal is to kind of you know get out and talk to everybody we can and educate them as much as possible. Because, like I said, there is unfortunately a lot of snake oil salesmen who are just out there for the buck and. Yeah. You know, we've seen a lot of, especially with the animal stuff on CBDs, and we're not talking lo local guys, ma major manufacturers that put stuff in their products that is is going to harm animals. Yeah. Because it's, oh, it's only for a dog, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I, it's a rotten ass mentality. But... No, no, but it is. I mean, and I just got to tell you one example of what I've seen. One of the worst examples is was a dog tincture that was olive oil and salmon. Now, if, just do the math and stuff like that. Salmon is going to go rancid after a few yeah. days. And so a customer came up to me and said, when I get, try to give my dog the CBD, he runs away. Well, the customer opened the bottle for me to check it out, and Stop. I ran away. <laughs> so, yeah. And that was from an, I don't want to name too many of this, but that was from Agway. And it was like, you know, obviously they're just importing it and not realizing not what checking they're yeah that's you know when they're from like agway and those larger brands you can't even bring the store because the store no no can. it's not they're just buying it they're, on an open they're market just buying whatever their distributor is now selling them and exactly that's the tough part you know because they don't know and then yeah. you're at the store and people see them at the store and that's where you just see these large national brands that are into some distributor that doesn't really care about the product they're just looking to no exactly on there and like so we offer that as a service to our customers, we try to, if they, you know, will bring us a bottle of sense, which we try to analyze it as best we can for them and tell them if it's, you know, if it's a good product, we'll tell them it's a good product. You know, we're not going to bash a, a product that, you know, works. So, but like I said, there's a lot of people out there, for instance, Amazon does not sell CBD, but if you went onto Amazon's website, you'll see a hundred different companies trying to sell you tinctures that are basically just hemp seed oil. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You can buy for that's, 20 bucks. That's a, yeah. That's a super common um, ploy on Amazon because they yeah. don't sell CBD. But exactly. They sell hemp oil, which has yeah. no CBD. In exactly. Hemp yeah. seed oil. <laughs> All right. So, Palmer, yes, uh, our next guest is up, and I wanted you to give out your social media, your website yeah. address. Anywhere you're going to be, any festivals you're going to be at where people could find you and, uh, you know, hopefully get the people out there to check out your products. Okay. Our, our website is gratefulpawscbd.com. We do have an email that is also gratefulpawscbd at gmail.com. And for future, we do have a Facebook page too. That's a but future events. Like I said, this weekend we're at the Bristol Mum Festival. The following two weekends, we're in Southington, where I manufacture at. It's called the Southington Apple Festival, where they shut down the whole center of town, and it's a great event. And uh, most of the town turns out, and we'll be there for the next two weekends after that. And then the puppy happy hour this Wednesday. Puppy happy hour this Wednesday All and right. two weeks from this Wednesday. So, you know, we try to get around. And I also do, I you know, don't want to take your time with two of them, but I also do four farmer's markets. Oh, I do, okay. I, on on uh, Thursday, I do a Windsor farmer's market. Friday, I do a Hartford farmer's market in the old state house. 
And then I also do Saturday, South Windsor. And on Sunday, we do Watertown. So come visit us and give us a shout out. And you know, That's awesome. Yeah. Pick up your produce and pick up your exactly. CBD at the same time. Yeah. I love it, Palmer. You're feed the mind and feed the, the soul. Yes. You're out there with the people. That's a great thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, keep pushing. Say hi to your wife. Yes, and I will. We will yes, see you. you out there, man. Great. Thanks for okay. coming thank on, Thank you very Palmer. much, sir. Yep. All right. Have a great we'll day, see you. We'll see you, Lewis. Yeah, All right. All right. So next up on the line with us uh, is Brian Ascenter, RPH. Brian is a diplomat of medicinal cannabinoid science and is a graduate of Northeastern University, a pharmacist and a cannabis pharmacist. Brian has worked in the Connecticut medical marijuana program since 2015. In 2018, Brian founded MM Consult CT, where he counsels patients, consults for businesses in the cannabis industry, and provides expert witness testimony. He has spoken at medical cannabis conferences and symposiums regarding the appropriate use of medical cannabis. Recently, Brian began a new role as operations manager for the Connecticut Cannabis Company, a social equity food and beverage product manufacturing company in Connecticut. Brian also works for John Patrick University and the Institute of Cannabinoid Medicine, where he is on their clinical advisory board. Brian is currently on track to completing his NMS in integrative and, and functional medicine, majoring in cannabis science in 2023. Brian has been a strong voice advocating for medical cannabis patients and equality in the cannabis industry at local, state, and national levels. Brian, that was a long one, but how are you? Doing well, buddy. How are you? Sorry, I, I wear a lot of hats these days, as many of us do. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, you mentioned in the bio, you've been in the, pro, in the, in the cannabis industry, the medical industry, since 2015. You were one of the original pharmacists at one of the original six dispensaries when they first opened. Am I correct? That is correct, sir. Yes. So you're one of the few pioneers, you could say, uh, that 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 got in there first, got their foot in the door first as a pharmacist. And, you know, I got to say, you were my pharmacist. Uh, first guy I ever met when I went into a dispensary was uh, Brian. And um, from for somebody who just started, you were pretty well versed in cannabis. I know we talked, but what I'm what I see from you is that you really took this by by the hairs and embraced it. It wasn't just a job for you. Like once you got into the industry, you got all the education that you possibly could to learn about this plant and and give the best service to the people and i was always been impressed with that and even now i see you're continuing studying 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 and that i think is a great coming from the pharmaceutical medical basically industry and just totally embracing the cannabis industry and taking that knowledge and taking that same spirit and bringing it to us the cannabis community because we need people like you you know, besides the entrepreneurs like we just had on, besides, you know, we need people like you who really are working on the science because that's the key right here. So um, anyway, besides that, tell us a little bit about this new company you've launched. 
So yeah, thanks so much. And, and I really appreciate everything you said. That means a lot that the diving into all the education is really what is meant a lot to me too. So I appreciate that everybody's kind of recognizing that. Um, but the, yeah, the new venture we have is Connecticut Cannabis Company, a uh, company that I'm working with that was fortunate enough to win a social equity license for a food and beverage manufacturer. And we're also going to be doing product manufacturing as well out of Bridgeport. Um, and, you know, we're hoping to be up and running probably end of, uh, you know, first quarter in 2024. So, um, but, you know, it's, it's been a really awesome ride. We, uh, we're really happy that we're going to have the ability to, to manufacture products as well, but we got a really great group of people that we're working with, Luz, Matt, Rich, and, and Ashley, and Phil, and everything, too. Um, and they they really rich just graduated through the accelerator program with with Lou as well. Um, so, you know, the, the team themselves are really throwing themselves into the industry as well and trying to learn as much as they can about everything, which has been something that I've really enjoyed about working with them is, you know, it's for me in the beginning, one of the big things was, you know, it's it's really important to to figure out what you don't know and find somebody who does that can help you with that. And, you know, that's really what this, this group has done is, is found a lot of people that, that know what we don't know and can really help us build this business, you know, and, and make it the best it can be. Great, great, great. Now you mentioned the accelerator program and I did see a, an article, a piece on that and both you and Lou and a couple of other uh, Connecticut cannabis entrepreneurs graduated this program. Well, and it, it is an educational type of program. What tell me a little bit about that? What does it do, both of you guys? What is it? What does it uh, certify you guys to do? Lou, go ahead, man. I I, I didn't go through the program myself. Uh, Rich had gone through it. We we kind of got the updates from him. I'm sure Lou could give us a little bit better insight on that. Um. Yeah. So the state put together an accelerator program to help individuals who had won a license in state. Uh, gain some background knowledge on cannabis, um, gain a little bit of knowledge in a couple different places, I guess is the easiest way to say. They hired um, Oaksterdam University, because I guess that's who pitched to them. That was above all of our heads. Um, <laughs> yes. But they hired Oaksterdam University. They um, gave us the, they enrolled us into the business program that they have. Um, so it's like, I believe it's like 40 parts, 40 micro lessons. You go through it in a certain amount of time. And then after you finish that, they qualified you to move on to the second and third parts of the program. And they were, uh, the second part was basically uh, building your business 101. So kind of putting business plans together, pitch deck, kind of uh, outlining the basics that you should have for your business. Um, that was everybody who had already won the their license had just about gotten to that point already, so it was a little redundant. Um, but you power through and you keep going, and just like school, because maybe you might know some of the things that you're taking in school, you still power through, go through the lesson, make sure you got to finish what you got to finish. Um, to get it to that last part, which was the opportunity to do a pitch in front of some investors, your classmates, and you know state officials. Um, you guys put out a great pitch there. We really appreciate that. And they came to, they came, Connecticut Cannabis Company came 
with a nice table ready to go. A um, little bit of swag. My father is wearing your hat because he got a hat from you guys. So he was very appreciative and uh, he wears the hat now. He's like, I got a Connecticut cannabis hat. Um, <laughs> but that was that 10 month program. And what it allowed you was for a discounted rate on the loan that the that the school that the state is providing, which isn't necessarily a huge thing, but that's always nice. I believe that it was more the uh what you would call the um the ancillary values, I guess it is, is that you know we all went through the state program, our businesses were certified through the business accelerator, and I truly believe that this would open things up for the future. Uh, when you work with towns and municipalities, a lot of times they like to work with vetted businesses, businesses that have gone through some type of uh, vetting process. And I and in most cities, uh, New Haven, Bridgeport, um, Hartford, they have the small business development organizations. And when you join those, you usually go through a small vetting process when you're going to take aid or classes or anything from them. Um, and I believe that this is the way that the state's going to kind of make it that vetting process. Uh, people who have gone through this program and then when they subsequently open up another round of uh, lottery and then put this class on again, whatever shortcomings that may have been exposed during this round, I believe will be hashed out in the next round. So the accelerator program was the state's cannabis education program. So we all went through okay. it and we were able to have fun. And okay. get to know each other and get to learn other businesses. And it's nice to have that connection because, you know, now Nautilus Botanicals went through with um, with Connecticut Cannabis Company. So we know each other. We know the owners. We've built a repertoire. So, you know, as we go into the space when Nautilus opens up there, there when we open up our dispensaries, you know, we'll be looking to put on. We're looking to fill our shelves with more than just. Um, the established producers, you know, just as it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy who says it all the time, but we're not going to fill our shelves with the established four producers. We believe they've had enough time to to really get their go at what they were going at. <laughs> so we'll be providing more space. And, well, it doesn't put them out of the mix because, you know, no. we have to still <laughs> buy biomass from them if you were going to create products right now. So it may not be produced by them, but it'll now be, uh, you know, the the manufacturers have to purchase biomass from hopefully one of us or anybody who's open at the time. So if we'd rather just put the shelf space to the individuals who have uh, won their social equity licenses and kind of keep that pushing forward. So we've made that commitment. So brands and businesses like the Connecticut Cannabis Company will have a larger shelf space than some of the established uh, producers. Right. Okay, so this was basically the state's version of a certification for your business that you've gone through, quote unquote, their education program. And now you're certified by the state as having taken this. So, yeah, it is. I agree with you. It's a good thing to have. And it's a good way, uh, uh, a good way for other businesses to show that you're kind of endorsed by the state. So so that's what it is. That's great, Lou. And congratulations to you guys. We're both yeah. achieving that for your businesses. So, all right. So, Brian, Connecticut Cannabis Company is a manufacturing and producing company, right? So, you're going to be producing products for dispensaries, pretty much, right? To be sold sure. in dispensaries. 
So what type of products are you guys going to be focusing on? Anything uh, special, you know, anything that different, different? Uh, we have a few things up our sleeves that that are going to be some new products, some new stuff for, for the Connecticut market. Um, I mean, we're probably going to start with gummies, uh, you know, some pre-rolls and vapes, just because that's kind of the easiest stuff to get out the door, profitable and everything, too, before we start making our way to drinks and stuff like that, too. Um, I think the the drinks is a really interesting category that we we're excited to to tackle. Um, it's there's nothing like it in Connecticut right now. There definitely is is one of the growing the fastest growing areas in the industry as well. Um, and they are allowed. Drinks are on the approved list of things they're allowed to sell in dispensaries. That was one of my first questions when I saw the food and beverage. <laughs> I'm like, well, if we can make beverages now. Um, yes, they, they are approved oh, anything good. consumable. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, you know, it'll be just like gummies, five milligram max per container and everything too. Um, but, you know, it, it definitely gives Shots. us the opportunity. Right, exactly. So the thing with that though, is they have to be like individually packed. So we can't have, I don't know if we can have the measuring cup type of deal or anything. So, um, but we it have to be some, little bottles, like five hour energy. That's one of the things that we have on our, our docket. That's probably going to be one of the first types of drinks that we put out actually are just the, and people like them a lot because you can use them for mocktails and stuff too. And, you know, you don't need to just shoot the whole thing if you don't want to, but you can, um, you know, and it's not a, a big 12 ounce drink or something too, that, you know, you're, you're drinking the whole thing. Yeah. You know, I agree. I think it's almost more efficient. I would prefer a larger dose, but you got to work with what you could work with. Right. <laughs> exactly. But the, you know, I think there's a lot of, you know, opportunities here. I think, um, you know, if we can get some of the legislation changed with the extracts and the potency limits that we have, you know, I think, you know, we'd really love to put out some really nice extracts and, and some concentrates too. Um, you know, that's probably a couple of years down the line at this point, but, um, you know, we're, we're really interested in, and, you know, we're trying to work with some of the local, um, culinary schools as well and and try to get some people from there that have real culinary experience and and you know product manufacturing experience understand how to scale um stuff like that so you know some of the ways we want to keep a lot of our hiring local um and really you know use the the resources we have around us no absolutely i agree the, the more local talent you bring in the better plenty of good local chefs out here People who are both of you guys, you know it, people who are already making cool stuff that just need kind of a break, somebody to help them go to the next level, get a bigger kitchen, so to speak. Right. You know, that's a plus and a, and a stress. <laughs> and I and I any entrepreneur as you move into the space and Brian, you probably agree sometimes, you know, and this is, I guess, a word to the wise. If you're looking to move into a space that you believe you know everything about. And you honestly don't know very much about, please listen to the regulations that are going forth because it will be very hard. And yes, everybody wants to say, well, I'm going to put out a product that has a shelf life of three days. These products need to have full shelf lives. They need to be able to go through the sanitation testing, the standard food service things that you would learn in a school or and sometimes we get a lot of the a lot of people that come out and say that they are the best edible chef in the world without formal training and 
you know, and then get upset when you when you have to break that break, burst the bubble and you'll be surprised. I tested I was a judge for a, for a competition that they tested all the edibles and all the every edible that was submitted was unusable because they had tested for too much mold in the actual product and not from the cannabis. It was from actually not storing the product correctly. Right. Shelf life to, issues. Yeah. yeah. So it was all those type of things. So, you know, there's a big, there's a big, uh, exactly what our last guest said about the tincture and the salmon. Yeah. There's a big learning curve from being, let's say, a, a gray market operator, gray market edible person to being an actual commercial edible producer there's a huge learning curve in between and i guess that's what you're talking about that the gap you, you almost need to, to teach learn. them a new way we're, to do it. we might not we brian and i might not be the individuals doing the teaching we're the ones that say hey we have to bring individuals that know this into the team as he was stating earlier you know he brought on the team has just been bringing on individuals and that's why they are working with like the local culinary school to do that and you know that's when sometimes people go, oh, well, you know, so-and-so is the best edibles that I've ever had in my whole life. I get knocked out from them every time. Well, maybe you're getting knocked out because they're using something that went bad and you're actually falling asleep. <laughs> through, you know what I mean? So, Or it's way more THC than the label says, right? Right. 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 So it's, uh, does that does that make sense there, Brian? Am I on the right track? I couldn't agree more. Um, I... I you know, when we were at the pitch day and I was listening to some of the people talk, some of the products they were talking about bringing to the market, I'm like, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. And, uh, you know, it just speaks to exactly what Lou's saying. If you don't know the regs, you know, then you're just going to put a whole bunch of time and money and, and energy behind something that you're not even able to bring to the market for multiple different reasons, whether it's shelf life, whether it's, um, you know, the, the potency or the type of product or, or whatever it happens to be, you know, understanding those regs and, and understanding the communication that you have to have with your regulators to make sure that, you know, you're not wasting your time. Um, you know, the, we all want to put out the greatest, nicest, newest thing that nobody's ever world, seen before. Right. But, you know, if it's not going to get approved and it's not going to be stable, um, then, you know, it, it's not doing anybody any good. And, you know, so that's the thing. And, and you know, it's, it's you don't know what you don't know until you don't know it. So it's hard to find the people that, uh, you know, can help you with those things that you don't know. But it, it's so important because, you know, just because I think I make the greatest edibles or I, I have the greatest, you know, oil that's ever been produced, it doesn't mean that it's going to be passable or anything or or even truly potent enough to be usable. Um, you know, so it's it's all very relative and, and maybe your process is not even able to be used you know, in, in the program as well. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's all very relative and, and it really, you know, it matters when you can be humble enough to bring in people to help you and, and not think you just know everything. Yeah. Right. And like Lou said, listen, <laughs> Yeah, we're all students, you know, and that's something we were talking about earlier. Brian has made sure to con continues his education. He's not stopping. He hasn't stopped. He'll continue to get educated because as we always say, we're all students. 
you know, at no point are we the smartest Jedi in the world. You know what I mean? When you think you're the smartest Jedi, that's when you end up on the dark side. So, um, you know, little nerd humor. Yeah, um, no, I agree. That, that's a good analogy. Like, so we're analogy. just students, and as we continue to be students, we'll continue to respect what's going on in the space. And, you know, if there's something that we can't bring on, there doesn't say that we can't advocate to get the laws changed to allow us to bring those things to market. You know what I mean? But we yeah. have to be conscious about those things like shelf life um, and potent, uh, you know, half lives of products and things like that. You know, stuff would break down. You yeah, know? you're dealing with regulators now. Your real food, you know, you just like they have to check all the foods that are out there on the shelves. You're dealing with regulators yeah. now. You're in a commercial space, and 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 that's what it comes down to. Oh, um, I, I look forward to this all changing up because you know, working in the food and beverage world before this, it's things that you're we're going to start to see because I know for a fact we're going to start to see the point of oh, and it all depends on once again on regulation on what can be brought in, how advertising dollars can be spent. Maybe now it's food and beverage companies having to buy a small countertop freezer to go inside of a, a dispensary because they want to sell ice cream. Mm. You know, the dispensary is like, I'm not going to buy a freezer. Why am I going to buy a freezer to carry one product that might make us some money? You know, now it becomes things like that, like Pepsi, you know, Pepsi and Coca-Cola buy the refrigerators and the draft. And supply line, it, right. And they supply, supply it, right, the, right. you know what I mean? They put in that hardware and this comes back to like what the vape pods were, which dispensary was using one of the vape pods. Now you have to buy a battery for that specific vape pod and your battery only works for that specific vape pod made by that specific company. Like the, the, what are the jewels and the pods and yeah. And the pack, the packs ones. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's where it all comes in now. Yeah. And don't forget too, you know, to to put a freezer in somebody's vault just to put some ice cream in there it takes up a lot of space. Oh yeah, and, and electricity do not and electricity and these dispense these dispensaries do not have a lot of shelf space in their vaults. So you know, again, a consideration when bringing out twelve ounce drinks, you know, that dispensary, how many can they? Whether or not they can sell them, how many can they afford to keep on their shelves? without yep. losing profits on other products. So, yeah. you know, it, it really does matter. You need to take all of those things into account when you're coming up with these products, not to put too much information out there, but. But no, gotta, that's true. You got to know the regulations. And, and, and also and understand works. what your, your customers are going through and, you know, what your, your dispensaries are going through to, in order to, to help them sell your product. So, Brian, we got a couple minutes left. I wanted to um, talk real quick about this uh, science conference that starts on Wednesday. Give that a quick plug. I know you're speaking up there, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So Cannabis Science Conference East is uh, happening in Providence on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. Um, it, exactly what we were just talking about is the, the panel that we're doing. I have some awesome, awesome people on the panel. Uh, I got Dr. Peter Grinspoon, uh, Janice Bissix, who's a nutritionist and dietitian, and uh, Uzma, who's a pharmacist here in Connecticut, the cannabis pharmacist too. Um, but we're talking about how we educate our healthcare professionals about cannabis and, and how they can incorporate it into their practice. Um, and, and I think that's one of the most important conversations for us to have as, as healthcare professionals at this point is to have that conversation. 
and to, you know, to try to meet these other clinicians where they are and not try to force it down their throat, not try to force them to take, you know, two years of a master's program, but help them educate themselves and, and be comfortable with dealing with cannabis and just really discuss how we do that without alienating them, turning them off and, and really keeping them interested in everything too. Um, so I'm really excited about it. There's going to be, uh, there's actually a whole psychedelics uh, session that's happening as well. We're doing a lot on testing and what's going on in the, the testing world right now with all of these issues everybody's having. So it's going to be a really great week. New cannabinoids, I'm sure. New developments, new research, right? Yep. Yep, I mean, it exactly. seems like they're finding new cannabinoids all the time, you know, and new uses for cannabis and new ways to isolate different parts of it. So I, this is, it's fascinating to me. You know, I wish I was in town right now because I'd be up there. It's all very fascinating. I think anybody who has the time should check it out. That is at the, what is the place it's called? The, uh, it's the, I think it's the Providence Civic Center. Providence Civic Center. That's Wednesday. And it is at mjhlifesciences.com, right? That's where they find out about it. Yep. Okay. If you look up cannabisscienceconference.com, it'll come up there too. All right. Very, very cool. And Brian, tell us how people can find out more about Connecticut Cannabis Company and everything else, social media, all that, websites. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, website is uh, a work in progress. That's going to be ctcanico.com. Um, and then our Instagram is ctcanacompany. And the um, LinkedIn, we're on CT Can uh, Cannabis Company as well, too, there. So you can find us on any one of those. Uh, please reach out. And if you have any ideas or anything, we're always looking for, for something new to bring to the market as well. Excellent. Excellent, Brian. Thank you very much. Hopefully we're looking forward to seeing you at the conference this, uh, this Wednesday and looking forward to the opening of your company, seeing your products out there on the show. It's going to be great. It's about time, man. It's nice to see guys like you and Lou finally getting up and running and hitting the road, hitting the, hitting the pavement. Trying, <laughs> trying, brother. All, All right. right. Harry says it, we got to say guys. goodbye. Everyone say happy, healthy, and hi. All right, you can follow right. me at Joe the Weed Guy on all social media, also Cannabis Corner Radio on Facebook and at Greenhaven Media. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Lou. We will see you all next week. Until I got high <laughs> I was gonna get up and find the broom But then I got high uh, My room is still messed up And I know why Why, man? Yeah, cause I got high Because I got high Because I got high I was gonna go to class Before I got high Come on, y'all Check it out uh, I could've cheated And I could've passed but I got high. Uh, uh, I'm taking it next semester, and I know why. Why, man?